Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. It's The Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drive. And Mike Ball. I really am rugged with him. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like peaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up, fellas. Gonna be me and the caddy. What am I gonna do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back up? Yeah. Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball, right? Moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm pronating. When you're not shooting me, I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like a unfolded lawn chair. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from the double bogey blue. Gunga, galunga. Yes. Galunga, gunga, galunga, galunga, gunga. Happy week after the Masters Sunday on the golf show, on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Brian Katrick, Derek Thomas with you. You know what, uh, you know what Taylor Zarzer was calling me last week, which I really, really liked. It's very nice. He's one of our uh, one of my colleagues on on PGA Tour Radio. Did a great job as part of the Masters broadcast team. He was referring. You, to you me. all did, by the way. It was Thank a great you. broadcast. Thank you very much, Mark Carnivale, Fred Albers, John McGinnis, Greg Norman, Taylor Zarzer. Those were the guys that, that I was working with in the afternoon. We had a ton of others in the morning. Both of the Paulsons and. Jason Sobel and Jim McLean. Uh, did I mention Fred Albers was with us? I hope so. I mean, just just guys that know this game. And uh, Taylor referred to me as the voice of the Masters. Wasn't that cool? That was cool. You don't have to say it, Derek. You can walk. Derek's running around in there. I mean, that's that's high praise. I mean, I, I don't know that there was a vote taken. I would immediately think of Jim Nance, though, but, you know. Well, but he's the face Okay, there you go. Yes, then that, I guess. See? Then you are the voice. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the Masters Radio, BK's running the show for the most part. Yeah, I had a, I had a great week. So, yeah, Nance is, you know, if you're watching television, it's Jim Nance. Why wouldn't it be? I, I did hear from someone earlier uh, earlier in the week that is not a Nick Faldo fan. This person did not who this, this person's like, I wouldn't even say is a golf fan and did not know who Nick Faldo was but was not entertained by his comments <laughs> during the one golf tournament a year that this person watches, which was the Masters. Uh, so the the fringe set, you know, that's always fun to see who likes who. But Nance and Faldo are fantastic. 
Uh, we, there's no question what they're doing on the TV side. It was just really cool for Taylor to say that. It was a great week. Hideki Matsuyama seizes control of the golf tournament after the hour and 17-minute weather delay on Saturday. Three-tenths of an inch of rain fell in that hour. That's not a ton. Uh, just enough, though, to to soften things up just a little bit. It's it's almost here. Here's what I likened it to. Uh, you, you didn't dip your hand in water. You didn't take a shower. You didn't take a bath for three hours. But if you ever have that situation where you're going to try to pick up uh, a piece of paper and you just lick your thumb so that you can pick up the paper, that's what that three-tenths of an inch of rain did in the hour. It just gave it enough to where you could pick up the piece of paper. Now, you probably couldn't pick up two pieces of paper. You'd have to lick your thumb again, but they didn't need that. Hideki had about 10 holes left. That was just enough. He goes out and shoots 30 on the second nine, takes control of the golf tournament, never really gave it back. Four-shot lead. Heading into the uh, heading into Sunday, and you looked at it. There were some guys that were lined up, and we said nightmare scenario for for Hideki is that one of those other guys goes out and either birdies one and two, or eagles two, or birdies two and three, whatever it is. I mean, they they spread out. They got ten minute tee times. You got. Hideki is is going off 30 minutes after, I think, one of the seven-unders, and I forget who it was. And it was just it was a chance for, uh, for somebody to cut the lead. And then, oh, by the way, the hardest hole in the golf course, or at least you know, one of them, is the first hole. Very bogeyable. And I said, by the time Hideki gets to the second tee, this could be a one-shot lead, and he's got to be ready for that. And that's exactly what happened. It was only a one-shot lead as he stood on the tee at two. And it wasn't Zalatoris. Maybe it was Zalatoris. I think it was Zalatoris. Yeah, he began the day pretty well on Sunday. And then, it was Zalatoris. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because he birdied one and two, and Hideki bogeyed one. So were, Will you, Zalat- were you as nervous as I I mean, I know you're a commentator. You're not a fan, but you're watching. When Hideki hits that first drive into the trees, what were you thinking? I'm thinking, look out, because Will Zalatoris had birdied one and two. Zalatoris, I think, started 20 minutes in front of Hideki. I think that's what it was. It wasn't 30, but he started at seven. Uh, there were there were four sevens. And so Zalatoris was the one that started two groups in front of him. He was 20 minutes in front of him. Yeah, Zalatoris birdied one and two. Yeah, and, we just covered that. Sorry about that. Sorry. But, and then <laughs> got got real tight. And Hideki bogeyed one. Yeah. So Did we talk about that? Yes. Hideki bogeyed one, so he was 10 under. So here's the strange thing about how this leaderboard plays out. Hideki was 10 under after one hole. He was one over for the day. That was the only other time of the day that nine under par was a relevant number. The lead was down to 10. There was a guy at nine because Zalatoris went up and, and got going. Uh, fast forward to the end of the day. Will Zalatoris has posted nine under. So he shot two under for the day. Nice run for Masters rookie Will Zalatoris. Wake Forest product, 24-year-old. We've talked a lot about him. He's sitting on the driving range hitting balls at nine under. And Hideki won at ten under. He bogeyed the last hole. He won by one. But nine under was a relatively irrelevant number. Can you be relatively irrelevant? I mean, I know what you're trying to say. I think that's too much, right? 
That was too much? Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to say that. The know. number didn't matter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what we're trying to say. The number didn't matter. But he was the leader in the clubhouse. He was the leader when, in the clubhouse. And Hideki didn't finish that strong. And he's warming up. Hideki got up to 13 under par. He was 13 under par after 9. Still after 10, 11, 12. Well, he bogeyed 12, but got it back at 13 and 14. He's 13 under par. That's four shots clear. This was the widest one-stroke margin of victory I could ever imagine. Nine under par just didn't matter and it wound up being one shot back. At no point during the day did nine under par matter. That's as good as anybody could do, and it wound up being one shot back. I thought about something. This is at least the third Masters in a row where basically the leader was able to bogey the last hole. We need, we need a birdie on the last hole. <laughs> That's what we need. We need, we, we need another tight Masters. I mean, I've enjoyed the last three Masters, but all three guys... I don't want to say limped in, but they had they gave themselves the cushion, and we didn't have a super exciting finish. But it was it was still tight. That's uh, true. Go back to Charles Schwartzel in what I believe was 2011. I'm terrible with numbers or with years, but uh, Schwartzel birdied the last four. The problem was that was so exciting, just nobody knew who Charles Schwartzel was. Well, he earned it. He definitely earned it. So the tournament did get exciting again. I mean, first of all, I thought it was pretty exciting because I, I, Hideki is, putting is not his thing. So while the rest, you know, most of folks were sitting there watching and thinking, well, this guy's cruising. Every time he had that putter in his hand, it was not, unless that ball went in the hole, it wasn't over yet. And he just continued to overcome that problem. Every single hole, he dealt with his least favorite club and he dealt with it well. Then we get to 15. And Hideki's got 245, 235, top of the hill, little helping breeze, par 5, 15th, pond in front. Okay? There's, Go. there's a pond in the back, too. There's a, well, that's a different pond. That pond is at 16. <laughs> but, yes. Go back a par 5 to 13. Hideki hits it all over the lot. Gets every good break possible, somehow manages a birdie. Xander Shoffley's in the group, plays it perfectly, gets it to 10 feet for Eagle, misses it, and he and he and Hideki have the same score. So that was the last par five. So now we're back on the next par five, 15. Hideki, top of the hill, four iron in his hand. I'm thinking you got to lay this up. 235. The only way you lose this golf tournament is if you hit it in the water. I think you got to lay this up. And I'm, of course, thinking... You're gonna, you know, this is gonna wind up being short because that's who I am, <laughs> but that's not who, De- who Hideki is. Uh, turns out there was a little hurting breeze that he was feeling because 15 and 16 run the exact same direction. So he's standing up there with a little breeze in his face, hammers four iron into the wind, one hop over the back of the green into the pond at the next hole. Different pond. He's wet. Has to get trees in his way. Has to scramble. He could have. He could still be on that fifteenth hole, because you could very easily hit that one. If you get if you get that next one on the green, it's going to roll all the way over. Did we see Jordan Spieth do that. We saw somebody do that. Somebody yeah. did that. Um, Spieth didn't do it. He made par. Maybe Sung J M. Sung J M could have done it. Justin Thomas. Yeah. Justin Thomas had some issues out there, but his was I think at thirteen. 
So Matsuyama's wet at 15, makes bogey. Here's, uh, here's Xander Shoffley again, makes birdie. Down to a two-shot lead. Xander Shoffley was five down with five to, pl- five to play. He was uh, four down with four to play. And then all of a sudden, Xander is two down with three to play. Birdie bogey swing there at 15. Next swing for Xander Shoffley on the tee at 16. Are you trying to indicate that he hit that fat? No, no, no. I was okay. trying to indicate he missed it by that much. If that that if his shot on 16 is maybe a yard a yard longer, a yard maybe to the right, uh, he's got a nice look at birdie. Yeah, Xander dumps it in the water at 16. Derek's got his fingers an inch apart, and so so the reason why I ask you that is that that that's a shot that a lot of people talk, talked about. At that point, the golf tournament basically ended. When Xander Shoffley hit it in the water, I mean, Hideki had to hit it onto the green, which he did, and then make par, which he did. Uh, but that uh, actually he didn't. He bogeyed. He bogeyed sixteen. He three putted it. Yes, he did. Yeah, that was the, he had that on sixteen. He had that putt way up, way top. up. Yeah, and then yeah. all the way down. Well, that's and that's what Xander was trying to avoid. So there's been a lot of talk about what happened to Xander on the tee at 16. And it's uh, it's an 8-iron. With a little hurting breeze, it can be a 7-iron. But we all know the shot at 16. The shot is 20 feet right of the hole. That's where it is. This is back left on Sunday. You hit it 20 feet right of the hole, maybe even 30 feet right of the hole, and it comes down. That's what you do. You don't aim at the flagstick. You don't aim left of the flagstick. You don't even aim five feet right of the flagstick because that's not going to help you. You aim 20 feet right of the flagstick. Worst case, it stays up on the hill like Hideki's did. And you can still you can still make a two. You can clearly still make a three. And you tap in for your four. But if you hit it left of the stick, I mean, it's just not. He just wasn't aiming there. So I've heard a lot of talk because I've heard guys say he hit it fat. I don't know. He didn't say he hit it fat. He said he hit it perfectly. And they just got gusted. Apparently, Dottie Pepper on the TV broadcast said that there was a big wall of wind that it hit. Uh, that's very possible. I mean, Dottie doesn't get that stuff wrong. I wasn't sitting down there or standing down there at the time. That's, that's my old hole, but I wasn't there now. So uh, either way, it, it wasn't about how far it went. It was about what direction it went. You can't hit it over there, dummy. And Xander knows that. So... He said he hit it flush. He didn't. I didn't hear him talk about whether he pulled it or, or whatever it was. But he knows where to hit it, and that's not where to hit it. Oh! Oh, wow. The shirt? He knows where that shirt came from, and it damn sure wasn't the men's department. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Random Chappelle show drop right there. Thank you. <laughs> he knows where that ball was supposed to go, and that wasn't it. And he makes triple. Golf tournament over. You allow Hideki to expand the lead with a bogey on a par three. That's where things changed. You remember a couple years ago, we played the clip here a bunch. I'm sitting on that hole and Tiger hits it to a foot and ends the golf tournament. Uh, This was the other side of that. (laughs) This is how pivotal that hole can be, but on the other side of that. So... So there's that. Congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama. Now, we weren't done with Hideki Matsuyama. and well, no, By no means are we are done with Hideki Matsuyama. 
did you see Derek the next morning? Hideki wins the uh, the green jacket. The next morning, somebody sees Hideki at the Atlanta airport, sitting in one one of the sitting at one of the gates, and he's got the jacket draped over the chair next to him. Like it's a sports coat he just bought at Men's yeah, Warehouse. Here's that. Yeah. And uh, he's get, he's on apparently a 6.45 flight to Chicago from Atlanta. Atlanta's two hours away from where he won the green jacket. Now, I learned this from Chris and Nick years and years ago. They used to talk about spending people's money. I don't want to spend anybody's money here. But I'm about to spend some of Hideki Matsuyama's money. I got to make my paper. Well, what are you doing? Driving to you just won the Masters. You're driving two hours to the Atlanta airport. Even if somebody drove you, I don't care. It's still two hours. You didn't helicopter over there, and then you're sitting waiting on a 6:45 flight to Chicago that theoretically is going to take you to to Japan. This is the busiest airport in the world. You can get to Japan from here. And why are we even dealing with this airport? Once you win the Masters, you can get a private jet, right? You just won $2 million and the green jacket. You don't need these problems. He's still a man of the people. He's a man of the people. Give him a lot of credit. Hideki Matsuyama. Well done. Uh, Very impressive week at the Masters. Lots of fun. Uh, The weather was perfect. The company was perfect. I I got a chance mentioned. uh, I got a chance to work with Greg Norman. Talked to you guys last week. Yeah, we talked about him last week. I mean, I, just, he's, I asked you how long he'd been doing that because he sounds like a, like a seasoned vet. I see a, a strong future for Mr. Norman yes. in the broadcasting uh, business. Stud. He's just a stud. He showed up on Thursday good enough to do the job. You know, clearly he did the job for Fox. I don't know that it was for more than a year. I think he only did that one U.S. Open. Maybe he did a second one. But you know he knows Augusta National. He knows this tournament. So Oh, my goodness. You know. Only so much preparation he had to do, maybe on the players and things like that. That was the whole point of him coming back, was was it's a comeback. And I'll tell you this, after sitting there watching this guy, we, we've all had bad days. All right, Greg Norman, some of the greatest golf shots in the history of the game have been hit to beat Greg Norman. You talk about Larry Mize's chip-in. At 11, at Augusta National. Greg was the guy in the playoff. Seve was the other guy. Seve got beat at 10. They moved down to 11, and it's Mize chipping in to beat Greg Norman. Yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> Not funny, Dustin. A couple of years before that, uh, 86. Nicholas, well, it was the year before that, because Mize was 87. The year before that, remember Jack Nicholas with the yes, sir putt? The second yes, sir putt. Not the Ben Wright, yes, sir, putt from three holes ago that nobody talks about. The the Vern Lundquist, yes, sir, putt from 17. Uh, Nicholas steps toward the 15th fairway because that's that putt was going down towards Ray's Creek. And that big step that he takes with the putter in the air, yes, you've all seen it. Derek keeps pantomiming it. Uh, guess who was standing in the 15th fairway, walking down the 15th fairway, playing a couple groups behind him? Greg Dadgum Norman, who finished second in the golf tournament. Bob Tway hold a bunker shot to beat him at the PGA Championship. Fuzzy Zeller lost his mind to force a playoff with him at winged foot in the U.S. Open, which Fuzzy, remember, Greg surrendered. Fuzzy would win that the next day. 
Robert Gomez hold a bunker shot to beat him at Bay Hill. Or not a bunker shot. Hold a shot from the fairway to beat him at Bay Hill. Who? Robert Gomez. Exactly. Some of the greatest shots in the history of the game have beaten this guy. This guy's got all the money he could ever want. This guy doesn't need this mess anymore. And yet he came back because he loves it. And we'll tell you, this is the one tournament that he always wanted to win. And yeah, he had the big, big uh, what, six-shot lead in 96. He'll tell you all about it if you want, but you don't want because it's a sad story. And you know what he tells you? He'll tell, he tells you, I blew it because that's what happened. And there he is standing right there in front of you. And what are you going to do about it? You're going to rub it in? Yeah, you sure did, choker. He's a pretty big dude. He right? is a big dude. I wouldn't want to mess with him, I don't think. Well, he's, he's not going to beat you up, but I mean, what's the, he just told you. He choked. What, what, what are you going to tell him about that day? That he didn't already tell you. Yay. That's right. So uh, to get to work with him was really, really cool. And uh, I really dug it. And that guy will, will teach you a little something about having bad days. You, have, you think you're having a bad day? What are you going to do about it? I mean, you probably are having a bad day. What are you, what are you going to do about it? You're going to go sit and mope? Well, you don't get that many days. We don't, have many, we don't know how many you're going to get. So don't throw one of them away because some dude cut you off in traffic or whatever it is or because you blew a six-shot lead to Nick Faldo. <laughs> whatever. Don't throw it away. You don't know how many you get. Life lessons. That's the lesson from Greg On Norman. the golf show. He just stands there and he just looks right. He, he, he owned it. Yes, it happened. I mean, yeah, there's not much else you can say. What else are you going to do? Uh, it's, it's inspirational. Right, we're going to take a break. Jeff Fages from the Georgia State Golf Association is going to call. Matter of fact, Derek, I will tell you that he is trying to call. I don't believe our situation is currently functioning. Oh, we'll, we'll take care of that. All right, we're going to work on that. Uh, one golf tournament this week is already over, and an Atlantan is setting records and tearing up the other one. Or another one. We'll tell you all about that next Jeff Fage is coming up. It's the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Okay, you ready for who's driving? It's not Tiger this year, uh, this week. It's not Bryson this week. Uh, you know the name Lucas Black? Anybody know Lucas Black? He's an actor. He was on uh, CSI, a bunch of them. He was also in that movie, the uh, uh, whatever that, I forget the name of the movie, doesn't matter. Uh, well, Lucas Black 
who was also in the Fast and the Furious movies. It was the mo- it was the golf movie with Robert Duvall. Some of you are yelling it at your radio right now. It doesn't matter. The point is, uh, I'll tell you in a minute, because he's caddying this week on the Senior Tour. The PGA Tour champions caddying at the Chubb Classic for Craig Bowden. They are friends. And uh, Lucas Black, who's a, who's a good player, is out there caddying. Uh, Seven Days in Utopia was the name of the movie, by the way. Read it, roll it, hold it. And he was in Sling Blade, too. He was in Sling Blade. He was the kid. I was just about to ask, was he the kid? Yeah. He was the kid when Billy Bob Thornton says, I like the way you talk. It was Lucas Black. Billy Ray Brown likes the way Lucas Black talks. I like the way you talk. They say, I like the way you talk, too. <laughs> yes. I reckon I have me some of them french fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> so he's caddying for Craig Bowden, and that's who's driving. Brought to you by Ray Judice. It all comes together. <laughs> well, what size What size fries would you like? I reckon I'll have me some of the biggins. <laughs> <laughs> Our next guest is the Senior Director of Rules and Competitions at the Georgia State Golf Association. <laughs> and I like the way he talks. That's a nice segue. <laughs> yes. Sometimes, Derek, the secret is do not use a segue. <laughs> it's Jeff Fages. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. You are having too much fun, Brian. It is, uh, I tell you what, it is an honor, a true honor to be on the radio with the voice of the Masters. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you very much. There it is. <laughs> Poor Derek got caught leaning in there. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe that uh, Taylor started saying that, and I was really happy that he started saying that. And even if I never do it again, uh, it's gonna, I'm going to get a personalized license plate. I don't care. That's my thing. That's your thing. Take advantage of it. I should, Derek just said I should put it on my Wikipedia. I don't have a Wikipedia. I should start one of those and put it on. I'll there. have you a Wikipedia right. entry by the end of the day. Derek Thomas is going to do it. Yep. Uh, gsga.org is the website. I don't actually remember what we were supposed to talk about, but I can tell you this game is jamming. And uh, yeah. you guys at the Georgia State Golf Association are jamming. How good is it to be involved in the game of golf right now? It is a wonderful time to be involved with the game of golf. You know, I think over the course of the the last year or so, um, it has provided uh, players with a tremendous opportunity to do something that is that is safe and active. And um, I tell you what, membership is 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 rolling right now. Competition entries are through the roof. We're setting records left and right. So. Uh, you know, that is one good thing that's uh, come of this, and, and golf is in a really, really great spot right now. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's a, it's a little frustrating for the end user who, you know, the, the rounds have slowed down and the times are hard to get and the parking lot's full, but I think everybody understands the big picture, which is this is pretty good. So... Uh, all right, so uh, so give us the update. You got you got your your schedule is going on. We just did the uh, we just had the four ball tournament uh, last week. We had the mixed team championship. You got the juniors getting ready to heat up. Where are things at with the GSGA right now? We have got so much going on, Brian. Uh, starting tomorrow, we have our senior and super senior match play championship going on at Houston Lake Country Club down in Perry. And then right after that, once that ends, the next day we start our four-ball championship, which is down at the Landings Club, uh, the Deer Creek course down in Savannah, where they just played the uh, Corn Ferry event a few uh, last month, actually. So 
those are the next two championships coming up on the schedule. We are wrapping up qualifying for our mid-amateur championship, the 40th mid-am, which is going to be played at Country Club of Columbus next month. Um, we have got championships galore open for entries right now. The 100th Georgia Amateur Championship. Uh, we've got over 600 entries already for that. Um, entries closed, I think, coming up in, in May. Um, we've got our match play. I see you're signed up for our, our Georgia match play championship, trying to qualify for that. I know you've been a uh, you've been a regular in match play over the last several years, and we've we've changed things. Um, we tried to to do this last year, but but COVID got us. So this will be the first year of a rebrand. So we went to statewide qualifying to make it a little easier for people across the state to qualify. But the 32 players that do make it are going to go to Macklemore, which. Uh, I'm sure you've probably mentioned that at some point on the radio over the last uh, year or so, but what a tremendous site that is, and we're really looking forward to it. Um, we have a lot going on. We've got our member play day series, which uh, has filled up. Uh, we've got Macklemore on there. We've got Old Tacoa. We've got Brickyard, Pine Tree Country Club. Those are uh, non-competitive, just Fun days of golf for GSGA members. Uh, excellent opportunity for for players to get out and and see places they wouldn't normally have the opportunity to uh, to see or play. And then also, what we're really excited about this year is we're introducing and well, we have introduced a one day series, which is uh, a new series for for players of all skill levels. Uh, it is competitive, uh, just one day events. It's a season long series. It runs from May through the fall, and we're going to have a points uh, a, po a points list. There's multiple divisions open to men, women, senior men, senior women, different formats. Just, just so much good about it, and we're very thankful to have the PGA Tour Superstore as our presenting sponsor, and they're going to be providing um, gift cards to the winners uh, of, of the gross and net winners in the, each division. So uh, really excited about that program. That's already kicked off. Uh, for for entries and we we've got a lot going on. I mean, I I could I could talk a lot more, but uh, it's more exciting to hear the voice of the masters speak here on the radio. So throw it back to you, Jeff, Jeff Fages, our guest, senior director of rules and competitions for the Georgia yeah. State Golf Association, gsga.org. That one day I'm series, gonna, yes, Jeff. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm never gonna let you live this one down. I'm gonna remember this one forever. Well, I'm I'm so glad that makes it uh, that makes two of us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so the one day series I'm very interested in. As you know, I love those little uh, those little bits of competition. The uh, the USAM tour, the, you know, Ryan Moore and Chris Longfellow and those guys have been around for a long time. They run one day events and two day events, and and they just fit in to a busy schedule very well, and it's just another playing opportunity, and I love that you guys are doing it as well. Uh, and the fact that it kind of fits everyone, that's that's my favorite part, is it doesn't matter what your skill set is right now. If you want to roll up the sleeves and go grind and go compete against somebody your own size, you get a chance to do it. And you mentioned the State Am. All right, well, a really good player is going to win the State Am, and it's not going to be me. I mean, I'm probably going to enter <laughs> but it doesn't mean, you know, that time's running out. Somebody really, yeah, I'm sure we're trying to balance out a, a busy summer schedule here. And, you know, and, you know, Jeff, the Masters is a major and there are other majors and 
pretty much we kind of recognize when the majors are. We don't put events then, but that's a different topic. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll rearrange our schedule for you next time. <laughs> Look, it's not you. Uh, the PGA of America already had the date. <laughs> the major. Nonetheless, these one-day events fit in perfectly, and it, and it's a great idea. And the schedule is out there. Who? What? what uh, how long did it take to put all this together? Because I thought it was a great idea. You know, this is something that we had been talking about for the last several years, and 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 really, you know, we we threw it together fairly quickly. But uh, you know, we it is something that was definitely very desired from our membership for a lot of the reasons you just spoke. It's a it's a low level time commitment. It's not a multi day. It's just a one day event. Um, it's it's open to all levels of players. So we've we've got multiple divisions. Uh, there's a, a men's A division for handicap indexes 9.9 and lower, a men's B for 10.0 handicap and higher. There's senior men, women, senior women. We do gross and net scoring. So um, there's opportunities for all skill levels to have a good time, and that's something that our members have been been asking for for a number of years. We've got an optional skins game that you can be a part of. A um, couple of drink tokens that you get when you when you uh, register that day. We take a hundred players at each event, twenty players in each division. If a division doesn't fill, we'll certainly backfill other divisions with whoever's on the wait list. Um, we've got two women's only events that we're going to conduct this year out of our nine events. And uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we have a season long points list, and the top players from each division advance to our season finale at the end of the year. I can't announce where it's going to be just yet, but it's going to be a really great time um, at that finale. And we've got some good sites and some different formats. We've got a couple of uh, four-ball events. We're going to do a stableford in addition to the standard uh, individual stroke play events at uh, as part of the calendar. So really, really excited about this. Uh, ho- hopefully a lot of the GSGA members will get behind it for a lot of the reasons that we've just talked about. And um, we look to, to make this a very successful program and expand it over the com- coming years to add more events. It's a brilliant idea. Jeff Fages, gsga.org. You guys have moved into Golf House also. I was down there, got a chance to see the not only the Georgia PGA headquarters downstairs, but the palatial GSGA headquarters upstairs. I mean, Yeah, an entire floor, not too bad. Complete with the massaging chairs and the, the people feeding you grapes. I mean, it was something else. What's uh, what's life like, Ben, since you have moved into the, the golf house down there at uh, Bobby Jones? Well, just just very thankful to, to have the opportunity to be there. It's a it's a tremendous space and certainly being at a golf facility is, is very nice. My uh, I turn around from my my computer and I'm looking out at the uh, the first tee and the, the ninth green. And, um, you know, it's it's fantastic. We uh, we had sort of outgrown our, our previous office space. Uh, over in Marietta where, where we had been for, gosh, probably 25, 30 years. And uh, this is, it's, it's amazing. I mean, everything's state-of-the-art and brand new and, and really, really thankful for, for what we've got there. Awesome. Well done this morning, Jeff. I really appreciate your time. Appreciate you guys, everything that you're doing also. You guys are got the sleeves rolled up, running the game, so that we have some fun out there. GSGA.org. And I hope to see you at one of these events soon. I look forward to it. All right. You are the man. Thank you so much. That's Jeff Fages. He is the Senior Director of Rules and Competitions. By the way, you get to play in one of those events. 
uh, and you do something wrong, he is likely going to give you the penalty. <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> there, there was a penalty yesterday at Harbortown we have to talk about. Uh, this has happened to Siwoo Kim, a rules situation. I would say we would need Jeff's help, but the rule's pretty clear. It just kind of sucked for Siwoo Kim. We'll talk about that. Plus, Stuart Sink is just knocking them dead out there, setting scoring records left and right. We'll give you that update when we come back. It's the Golf Show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Before you hit the links, start your morning with the Golf Show. Presented by Mizuno, Atlanta's hometown premium performance sports brand. Now back to Brian Katrick and Mike Paul on Atlanta's Golf Station. The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. All right, we wind things down here on the Golf Show. Thanks again to Jeff Fages coming up. He is the, uh, we mentioned, Senior Director of Rules and Competitions at the Georgia State Golf Association. They needed him, or did they... Out at Harbortown. So uh, here's what happened at Harbortown. This was yesterday. I'm going to try to figure out which hole it was. I happened to watch it. Uh, Siwoo Kim playing with Matt Kuchar. Siwoo Kim is off the back of the green. He was on the some hole. It doesn't really matter. Puts it from, uh, from back in a collection area. Ball goes right up to the edge of the cup and hangs on the edge of the cup. It's not gonna. It's not falling in, but it stopped. It's overhanging the cup. There's a specific rule about a ball overhanging the cup. Well, we're waiting. And a lot of uh, a lot of folks know this because it happened. Uh, Brian Gay and Dudley Hart years ago at the Honda Classic. Every once in a while, it comes up. Here's what it says: uh, When you got a ball that's overhanging the edge of the cup, because it's round, you can obviously have the ball sitting on the surface and. You know, some of the ball can be over the actual edge of the hole, but it doesn't fall in yet. You have a, quote, a reasonable amount of time to reach the hole and then 10 more seconds to see if the ball will fall in the hole. That's how they put it. What's a reasonable amount of time? Well, it depends. Siwoo was a good five, six steps off the back of the green. So, you know, you, you can you can lament a little bit. You can slam your putter down, which he did at the Masters and broke it. So don't do that. But you can. You can take your hat off. You can slam your hat. You can have to walk around. If if you're playing on Thursday or Friday, you get you get a threesome. If you're playing with just you know like the rest of us, there's four uh, or whatever. You got to walk around everybody else's lines. A reasonable amount of time, whatever the situation dictates, to get to your ball. And then once you get there, you can stand there and look at it and think thoughts for ten seconds. And then after 10 seconds, the ball, whether it's moving or not, because, you know, the the earth is moving, 
but whether it's moving or not, the ball is deemed to be not moving anymore. Only in this special case when it's overhanging the cup. And what that does is now you're allowed to hit it. Okay? Because you're not allowed to hit a moving ball. So, the, But they found this quirky spot within the rules that, yes, the ball could actually still be moving. And... And so you can't hit it, and we could, you know, we could be there for a while. Now, look, physics experts could tell you that there's only so much at, at some speed if, if, if for the movement to be perceptible to the naked eye. Then this can't take too long before enough of the weight gets over the ball and it you know, gets over the hole and it falls in. The the rules experts figured this out. They came up with a reasonable amount of time and then ten seconds because the game has to continue. This ball fell in a minute after he hit it. They're staring at it, and it was a minute later that it fell in. He didn't touch it. So the rule says instead of making the three, which, you know, he putted it in, had it just gone in, it was a three, it's a four. Because after the reasonable amount of time and 10 seconds, then it's just deemed to be stopped and you got to tap it in. And you're not going to miss too many of those, and he didn't miss it. Matter of fact, he didn't even touch it. It just fell in, but it's a four because he waited too long. Technically, it's a penalty stroke. It sounds really bad to say he got a penalty because the ball didn't fall in for three fast enough. But that's what they have. They had to write it somehow. That's how they chose to write it. You can like it. You can not like it. It's really not that confusing. This is the first time that I can remember one taking this long to fall in. I mean, it took a minute, Derek. He only hit the ball three times. He only hit the ball three times. So you don't like this rule. Not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying he only hit the ball three times. I, I don't know how often it comes up. I don't know how else you're going to get there. Like I understand how we got this rule because if it does come up, you got to have this rule. We can't just be sitting there the rest of the day for Siwoo Kim to be staring at that ball. That happens on Saturday mornings to the group in front of us. I don't know what they're looking at. They must hit a lot of shots that are overhanging the cup because they're not moving. Adding up their scores. So, I don't, you know, I get how we got to the rules quandary that led to this wording, and you don't have to like it. I can tell you this is the first time I have seen one take this long on the edge of the cup. And Kuchar was with him, and, and Kuchar and C were both saying, well, I'm, I, I was about to tap it in, but I'm looking at it, it looks like it's moving. Again, how much did movement he, could it have? You can't hit the ball. You're not allowed to hit You're it. You're not allowed to hit it, unless it's been more than 10 seconds, in which case you can. It's the only time you can hit a moving ball. And again, I go back to how much movement could this possibly make? You know, how much could it move? We're talking about a millimeter. How long could it take to move the millimeter? Because once it moves the millimeter, then it's going to fall in the hole. See what I'm saying? So can they go back and look at the wording of this? Yeah, I guess they probably could. The problem is at some point you've got to tell the guy he's got to hit the ball. He can't just sit there and stare at it. Uh, a couple of events ago, I was working somewhere, and, and a guy did actually put his shadow on the ball. Maybe it was the match play. Put his shadow over the ball, and the ball fell in. And uh, that's a, that's like an old wives' tale. They'll say, yeah, you put your shadow over the ball, and the, the you know grass is growing toward the sun. You know, it's, it's growing up. And when you put the shadow on it, it removes some of the heat, and the grass wilts ever so slightly enough to where the weight of the ball then causes the ball to fall in. Uh, scientists will tell you, yeah, that's great. And some of them will also tell you, yeah, that's garbage. I watched it work for the first time ever at the match play. But we can't be doing our antics 
while we're waiting for this ball to get up. There has to be a line drawn somewhere. They have it drawn at a reasonable amount of time plus 10 seconds. Maybe they'll say a reasonable amount of time plus 30 seconds. That still wouldn't help Siwoo. I don't know what they're going to do, but there's that. Uh, all right, Lydia Ko won for the first time in three years. Lotte Championship in Hawaii is over with. Lydia Ko, winner. She only won by seven. She just walked away and left them. Good for Lydia Ko. She even smiled. She's been kind of through it. She was a superstar. She was number one player in the world when she was 16 or something like that. And uh, The fun got squeezed out of the game, and I'm glad to see that Lydia Ko back to her winning ways and seemingly feeling good about things. Uh, I hope she is because that, that, that can get a little rough. Atlanta's own Stuart Sink. 63-63 to open up at Harbortown. He's won there twice. Couple of 63s after, by the way, a top 12 finish last week in the Masters. Top 12 and ties get in next year's Masters. So Stuart Sink is in. And, you know, there's plenty of other ways. There's 18 criteria to get in the Masters, and that's one of them. And that's, the you know, other than winning, that's the first one. So Sink is in. Now, it doesn't seem like he's going to take very long to check another box <laughs> and, and get in the Masters another way. Because uh, he's got himself, what did we decide it was, Derek, a five-shot lead? Yes. Five-shot lead. 63-63 is the low a, a low 36-hole start in the history of this event at Harbortown. Uh, he also then shot two under par yesterday, gets to 18 under par. That's the low 54-hole score in tournament history. So he's got the 36-hole and the 54-hole scoring record. I didn't actually go look up with the... Uh, the 72 hole scoring record is doesn't matter because he's just trying to win and he might and how cool is this Derek have you been watching he's got his son Reagan on the bag oh yeah he's been playing well since Reagan's been on the bag oh my goodness they're they're very clearly related yeah Uh, Reagan better not get too attached to that hair by the way he's got some great hair Stewart has kind of the opposite of that might not be there forever well that's what I'm saying but they look. They say it skips a generation. Though, they right? say that, do they? Yeah. They also yeah. They said it came from your mother's father. Okay. My grandfather, my Irish grandfather, never lost a head of hair. This guy had the greatest hair you've ever seen. Some people are just unlucky. I'd be hosting the ABC weekly <laughs> evening news if I had his hair. I'd have, I'd have gotten fired from that job a long time ago. <laughs> we kidding? But I'd still have great hair. Uh, but but Stewart and and Reagan standing right there, shoulder to shoulder. Reagan's just as tall as Stewart is. They look alike. They sound alike. They talk alike. CBS has found the story. They have adopted the story. They're letting us listen in to the Sink family. It's just as charming as it gets. Now, he's got Colin Morikawa today in the final group. Colin Morikawa is the same age as Reagan. That's crazy. <laughs> 24, we said? Yeah. I think it says it's 24. They're the same age. So uh, Morikawa is going to try to run him down from five back. So Stewart, as they're playing in the final grip, he really can say, son, I'm old enough to be your daddy. Yes. And he's actually right. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the opposite side of that is from Colin Morikawa. You're older than my dad. Yeah, because ain't nobody been tough enough to say it to me yet. Uh, but we'll see. Colin Morikawa is as nice as they come. That's uh, that's awful cool. So congratulations to him. 
uh, to Stuart Sink for just uh, for setting scoring records and just can't can't pull for him enough. Uh, let's see, Reagan's even got the uh, I think Stuart has it too the Fairway Social logo on the hat. Can't wait for those guys to get open. They were hoping to be open by the Masters, and uh, uh, you know they're getting there. Can't wait to see it now. Can't wait to see Stuart over there. Lots of fun. Thanks to Jeff Fages, Derek Thomas. Well done. We will talk to you next week on the Golf Show on the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. park.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows and so many more. Anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24-7 at thepodcastpark.com. Presented by Associated Credit Union. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 